This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You In? To start every conversation with that question, I'm Ron Mizutani. And today we're talking about an extremely powerful and successful crime-fighting program that is helping solve and reduce crimes while improving the quality of life in our community. I am very pleased to welcome this morning a Sergeant Chris Kim, coordinator of Crime Stoppers Honolulu. Welcome to PBS Hawaii, Sergeant. Thank you. Good Aloha. to see you, brother. Good, Good to, to see, see you. Too. Before we go any further, I gotta ask, as we do with everybody, what's going on? I went to Kaimuki High School. Oh, you're a bulldog. Proud bulldog. Yeah. You know what? A Kaimuki High School graduates, they are, I mean, don't get me wrong, Kahuku, they are fair, but Kaimuki grads are very proud yes. to be bulldogs. Yes. yes. So yes, you were born and raised in Kaimuki? Actually, I was not. So I have an interesting story. Um, I was actually born in South Korea. Okay. But when I was three months old, my family immigrated here. Um, my father was actually in the military. Um, so I've been here ever since three months old. So when people ask, were you born here? I'm like, technically no, yeah. but I've been here since three months old, so I'm pretty much local boy at heart already. 100%. Do you say Kaimuki or do you say Kaimuki? Oh, I just say Kaimuki. Do, do you know the backstory behind all that? I, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, people, some people say that the true meaning of Kaimuki is really the, the center, the pit, the imu uh-huh. of ki, the fire. So Kaimuki as opposed to Kaimuki. But whatever. <laughs> People from, from uh, Molokai say Molokai, not Molokai. Yeah. So we all, we all do different things. Well, welcome to the program. Thank you. I've been wanting to have you here for a very long time. You know, um, February 1981, yes. Crime Stoppers uh, was governed by a board of directors made up of unpaid volunteers. This has been, to me, one of the most successful programs Crime fighting tools, actually, yes. for decades. Yes. Huge responsibility. Yes. Tell me, tell me about your your journey there, because you were you were a cop. You're in was, homicide. I was a cop. Uh, basically, um, I joined the police department in 1998. Um, straight out of college, um, joined the department, went through the different patrol divisions, different assignments. Uh, 2010, I went over to the criminal investigations divisions, where I was a detective. You know, um, family violence. I went through sex crimes. I went through third watch, first watch, meaning we handle all felony cases, drugs, uh, financial crimes. Um, and then back in 2017, I'm sorry, 2016, uh, the previous coordinator, Sergeant Kim Buffett, had said that uh, she was going to retire and that, you know, you should think about doing this. And I said, nah, I don't want to do this kind of stuff. You know, just be, I, I was, be honest. Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I just, I wasn't into public speaking. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't into public speaking. I wasn't into this whole PR stuff. And honestly, I, at the time, as a detective, we don't uh, really like dealing with the media. Unfortunately, sure. at that time, that was my mindset. Right. Um, but then I realized after taking on this role that how important it is uh, to have this partnership with the media and with the community. Because uh, ultimately, what I tell people as far as Crime Stoppers, we are, and I'm not sure we're the link. We are the link between the community, the police department, through the use of the media. You know, we're all working in one big partnership for the common goal of fighting crimes and keeping our community safe. Mm-hmm. Um, the program in itself, the original program was actually started in um, 1976 in New Mexico. Really briefly, young detective assigned to um, investigate 
a murder. Mm -hmm. Young college student working at a gas station was gunned down. Basically, the case is at a standstill. This detective, Greg McAleese, gets assigned his case, says, you know what, I know there's somebody out there that knows something about this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go on the news. I'm going to plead for the public's help. We want information on this case. We'll keep you anonymous, mm -hmm. and we'll give you a cash reward up to $1,000. The story aired, and within 72 hours, case was solved. Witness saw the, drive the, the getaway vehicle, the license plate, what have you. Program was since brought over in February 81, and since then, you know, we just celebrated our 42nd anniversary. Um, we've recovered over $7 million um, in, in property, stolen property, drugs, uh, like over 3,000 arrests. I mean, just the list goes on and on. And we've expanded so much. Um, in 1997, we started the Student Crime Stoppers Program in partnership with the Department of Education. Because nice. we know as far as the kids are usually the first ones to know about things that are happening on their campus. Absolutely. Um, it's already hard being a kid nowadays. It was harder now than as opposed to when we was growing up, right? Because mm -hmm. social media, all these different influences, the different types of drugs now. Uh, so we go to the schools and we talk to the kids about these different things. We talk to the kids about bullying type issues. We also talk to the kids about suicide type issues. And then we close it off with the Student Crime Stoppers program where we tell them, if you know anything happening on your campus, report it to us, right? Focus on your studies, right? You come to school, you've seen your classmate with drugs, alcohol, gun. Mm -hmm. um, go ahead and submit it on the app. We have an app for these kids uh, or, or call the hotline. Submit it to us. We work with the school administration. And if your tip leads to an arrest or disciplinary action, you get a cash reward up to $1,000. These kids go nuts. They love it, especially mm -hmm. on Christmas time. <laughs> they start ratting out all their friends. And they're doing the right thing. Sure. They're keeping the school safe. Yep. All we do is we tell the kids, hey, when you get this kind of money, right, just make sure you tell your parents where you got the money from and that you never sell your Pokemon cards. <laughs> One quick successful story we have to share. Please do. Yeah. We spoke at a particular school, 1,000 kids over two sessions. The next day, I go into my office, I receive a tip. My classmate is being sexually assaulted by three boys. We took in the tip, investigated the case, worked with a sex crimes detective, three boys arrested for sex assault. The case was legit. The next year, I went back to that same school, and it's just one of the more memorable moments, because I remember standing in front of the school, looking at this CS students, and I just had like this chicken skin come over me. And I says, I don't know who you are. I don't even know if you're here today, but if you are, I just want to thank you. Thank you for submitting that tip to us because I truly believe that you saved your classmates' life. I was a sex crimes detective in the past, and it's not uncommon for these kids to not disclose things. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of fear, shame. Uh, in this particular incident, she told her friend who knew she had to say something and just didn't know how to go about doing it. So when we went there, there she was just like, oh, perfect. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. We investigated it, and sure enough, you know, that, that, that case was solved. This is one of many successful stories. I mean, sex assault victims, besides being suppressed and whatever, retaliation, fear of stigma, a lot of them become suicidal. So yes. you're right. You, yes. you, uh, that student classmate may have saved a life. Yeah. yeah. And fast forward to 2001, we started the Animal Crime Stoppers program in partnership with the Hawaiian Humane Society. Uh, where we worked together in combating animal cruelty within the communities. Because uh, we feel like there is a correlation Absolutely. between people who abuse animals and the potential for them to basically hurt humans. Uh, so those are the three facets of the program. You know, I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, we're nationally recognized. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, just thanks to the media, thanks to the community and all getting involved. Sarge, I thanks for saying that. And true, full transparency, uh, Kim and I were dear friends. And here's, here's the deal. S Sergeant Buffett and I were good friends because we established trust mm -hmm. and relationship mm -hmm. uh, where she knew that I would be trusted right. as, as a media person 
and she and I knew that she would not, you know, compromise any investigations uh -huh. by any means. Mm -hmm. But that trust between media and police is huge. Yes, it's huge. And and I always used to share with her and others, you know, because I had a lot of guys in in the, in the department. Uh, they're all retired now because we're all getting older. But um, use us as a tool. Yes. And I don't mean the word use as in, you know, take advantage right. of, but the media is such a powerful tool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Crime Stoppers, the program and the leadership involved, including yourself, you're doing an amazing job, by Thank the way. You. Uh, that, that, that understanding of that relationship and the tool of a reaching community, mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. Huge. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. Right. And I'm sure you've yeah. had your, you know, in the transition or even, even in some cases, people are still a little bit, well, HPD, I don't, I don't know, but, but and, and vice versa, even right. with the media, right. right? Okay, can I trust this reporter? Uh, what, what's their agenda? And that's where trust is mutual. Exactly that. Yeah. You know, it's just building that trust and just all, once again, and as I mentioned earlier, just for the common goal, we all live on this island, right? It's all our responsibility to do our part, you know, in, in keeping it safe. Um, so with that said, uh, that's why I feel that it's so important to have this partnership with the media because ultimately they're the ones that put out the information for us. Um, you know, people, they, they go home and they turn on the evening news and they're able to see mm -hmm. a wanted fugitive or they're able to see a current, the different different scams that are going on right now. Because we, yes. we push out all different types of media releases, scams, wanted fugitives, missing persons. Um, so once again, yeah, it's, it's one big, huge partnership. Yeah, no, again, uh you have picked up the baton and you've taken it to a whole different level. And I'm sure Kim feels the same way about yeah, how I do. You. Interesting, Kim handed the baton to Kim, but different. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I'm, I'm silly that way. No, people but no, say you that. know, that, that a case back in Albuquerque, and I'm familiar with how it all started, mm -hmm. really was uh, a visionary cop. Yes. I mean, this guy was like, because, you know, relationships with the media was never good. Right. In some cases, some cities, absolutely horrible. But this, this detective saw an opportunity to trust and use yes. the media. Yes. And that's forward thinking, man. Yes. I mean, you're talking about f almost 50 years ago. Yes. Yeah, just your thoughts on, on, on his, his approach. And he broke barriers and really started conversations, different Exactly that. You know, he's a visionary. He was a younger detective. Um, just at that time, just kind of thought outside the box. And this day and age, you know, a lot of people, a lot of many successful people have become successful from thinking outside the box right. and just being forward thinking, being visionaries. Um, so yeah, kudos to him. You know, he definitely, I'm very thankful. Um, uh, I was one years old though, but <laughs> when he started, but uh, just very thankful that someone like that, mm -hmm. you know, was able to think up this program. Uh, and after that 1981, they were able to bring it here. And since then, you know, we've been hard at work. Uh, there've been many great coordinators in the past. Um, and just, I'm just proud to say that I'm one of them. And one day I'll be passing off my baton to someone. To someone as well. I'm actually well. eligible for retirement this year, so uh, any job not, offers, not yet, yeah. Not yet, Sarge. <laughs> not yet. You was one. I was two, by the way. <laughs> you believe me. Um, <laughs> no, I wasn't. But, uh, you know, you, you talked about the success, the numbers, and people get caught up in metrics. I totally right. understand why, because it helps support the narrative. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the success rate of, and it's not just the arrests, but the, the convictions, right? Because right? that's an important part of the yes. piece. Um, that is a testament of people's uh, ability to bring to you mm -hmm. a case that's that's you know not yeah. bulletproof by right. any means, but right. that that people are on the front line and they know stuff. 
Yes, no, exactly yeah. that. You know, it's just oftentimes, I say this time and time again, we live on an island. Yes. We can be stumped with a case, but somebody out there knows something. You recognize someone or people talk, right? Yeah. The thing about this, some of these criminals, they can't shut their mouth. They'll, they'll be the first one to brag that they did this or they did that or something was stolen. They're trying to sell it. Uh, so we're just very thankful. Uh, and we understand that people, um, especially on this island, tend to be in fear of retaliation, retribution. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to be known as a rat snitch. Why are you talking to the cops or whatever? Mm -hmm. um, but with Crime Stoppers, we, we, we keep them 100% anonymous. Uh, the safety is our utmost priority. Um, and with that said, that's why we've, we've been so successful. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're still here 42 years later. Because the way we operate, we keep our tipsters safe and we get results. Integrity of the program is yes. very important. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I, I've been told by some PD guys from my friends that criminals can be so baboozes yeah. <laughs> that they'll even return to the scene of the crime yeah. like a minute later yeah. just to see, you know, yeah. hey, anybody. Hey, what happened? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> the cops is here. You know, and, and it's, it, whatever, for whatever reason, they do that. Um, take us through the process, though. So say somebody's listening to this right now and they say, you know what? I know something, I should say something. And I know that's part of your PSA I, I, I just saw recently. Uh -huh. uh, but if you know something, say something. So somebody calls you with a tip. How does that work? What's the timeline? And then, of course, the reward is the sometimes the incentive, not always, yes, though, yes. right? Okay, so I'll break it down very simple. Yes. So you're aware of something happening. Your neighbor is dealing drugs, um, or there's a brothel that popped up, or we put a fugitive on. You know, you'll, you see the news and you see these guys wanted or whatever. You go ahead and you have three options. You call the hotline to 808-955-8300. There's a call taker on the other line that will take it down the information. They will then give you a unique tip number. They won't ask you for your name or anything like that. They'll give you, they'll take in the tip, they'll give you a unique tip number. Or you go to our website, www.honeycrimestoppers.org, submit a tip. Or the latest thing that we've been using, we saw um, a lot of people choosing this route, is downloading the P3 Tips app on your smartphone or tablet. You download this app and you're able to submit information on there. The beauty about this app is that you're also able to submit photos or videos. So let's say you, you catch your neighbors in the process of dealing with drugs or you, know, or you have some photo of the suspect, you go ahead and upload that. All three ways you will, will keep you anonymous will also issue a tip number. Once we take in that tip, I review it or my officer reviews it and we decide which proper investigative division this is gonna go. Does it go to narcotics vice? Does it go to uh, morals? Does it go to the, the, the theft detectives? Does it go to a school, humane society? Um, and once we route it, um, the investigative division, they are supposed to give us a disposition back in three days. Either they follow up on a case and it was founded, there was an arrest, or needs more time investigation, such as narcotics cases where they need to send an undercover officer mm -hmm. or what have you. Um, but either way, the tipster is able to track their tip once their tip leads to an arrest or in a student crime stoppers um, tip, you know, disciplinary action, we then tell them to call us on the second Thursday of the month. So once we tell you, yes, your tip led to an arrest, call us back on the second Thursday of the month. The reason being is on the second Thursday of the month, I have to meet with my board of directors and I tell them, look, we solved this case. According to the computer matrix, the reward amount is this. They'll say, okay, yes, more, less, in, in, as I mentioned, a student crime stoppers program earlier, that, that sex assault case, we ended up paying out more than what the matrix said to pay out. Uh, so once I meet with them, uh, they will approve the cash amount. Um, and then the tipster then calls us on the second Thursday and we tell them, pick a First Hawaiian Bank of your choice. We have a working relationship, a great partnership with First Hawaiian Bank, shout out to them. Um, and let's say they say, okay, uh, the Makiki branch on Baratana Street, 
Okay, we set it up with that bank, First Hawaiian Bank, Makiki. The tipster walks in, goes to the teller, says, I have a Crime Stoppers tip number, one, two, three, four, five. They will give you an envelope full of cash, no questions asked. No ID neither. No ID, nothing. You walk in, you wow. give your tip number, and then they give you a cash and you walk out. And that's why we tell them, you keep this tip number only to yourself, right? You share this tip number, someone else gets your reward. That's, 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 that's yeah, yeah that's, your, that's not our business. I mean, we have no control over that. It's that simple. And we get it. Some people are kind of skittish and they're like, oh, for real kind, like. Yeah, especially I would, I would imagine with an app, I would be people like, well, wait, hang on. How do I download an app and you not know who I am? Yeah, so there is I'm, I'm proud to say that yeah. the way we are set in place, um, we fall under the Crime Stoppers USA national program, strict guidelines. Um, so yeah, we, we don't play around. You know, we, we want to keep the integrity of our program and keep our tipsters safe. Couple questions about that. So do you ever have to call a tipster to the stand? Uh, or, or, or are you ask somebody who's provided a tip, are you willing to testify? Do so that has happened in the past okay. uh, where investigators needed their testimony. And at that point, um, we're able to dialogue um, via the app. If they reach us through the app, we're able to dialogue with them, communicate back and forth as opposed to uh, if they call in, we can't call them back. Sometimes we'll ask. Detectives um, want to know, are you willing to come forward, give mm -hmm. up your anonymity? Wave your reward and testify. We've had it gone both ways. Yeah. Half will say yes, half will say no. And what's also interesting, Ron, I want to mention is these cash rewards, most times they never get claimed. They're eligible. They, they, they got the, hey, this is straight up your money. You got it fair and square, but they don't want to claim it. You know, and oftentimes people are like, well, I, never, I was never in it for the money anyway. That's not the incentive. Yeah, that's not the incentive. That's awesome. I, I did not know that. Yeah. I did not, I've never heard that. In fact, um, I, all we hear is up to a thousand dollars, so it's not necessarily a thousand. Correct. You use a, a, a scale. And yeah, just depending you. on the crime that's solved. You know, right. ultimately, if it's murder, and that's a thousand. You know, but if you have someone that you know that's you, you're calling about a, a warrant. They usually fetch it between three and four hundred. Now, this person gets arrested for a warrant, but has all these drugs on him. Right. So the computer matrix that basically calculates the, the the payout amount. I see. Now, every tip is checked out. Correct. But not every tip is investigated. Correct. Is that correct? So <clears throat> how does the individual who makes a tip, or calls in a tip rather, know it's on that Thursday? Is, is that question answered? Yeah, so once they submit the tip, mm -hmm. um, if they want to follow up on it, they'll call and say, I want to know the, what's going on with my tip. And at that point, we're able to tell them, okay, it was rotted, we're still waiting, or this is information only. So also on the app, it'll say like information only. Hey, we, I'm just letting you know right. that this is happening, or there's actual... They want it investigated, like this is actually legit, straight up happening. Um, what was interesting is that we started seeing an influx of brothels popping up in neighborhoods. Right? The state got tough, they started cracking down on these illegal massage parlors, mm -hmm. but these people still got to work. So they started getting smart, saying, you know what, we're going to set up, you know, by monthly rentals, get monthly rentals in all these different neighborhoods. And all of a sudden, you're living in a quiet neighborhood now, you have new neighbors, and yet there's cars pulling up morning, noon, and night, right? right. And leaving, you know, 30 minutes, hour later, just constantly, so that we get that, those kinds of tips. You know, I, just, I live in Manoa, um, and all of a sudden, these neighbors, like morning, noon, night, all these cars pulling up, and we, we investigate and find out there's like an illegal brothel that popped up there. Yeah, crime, crime happens in every neighborhood. Yes. It, it is not discriminatory no. to any, any particular part of the island. Uh, your, one, one, couple more questions, and I thank you, sir. I'm really learning actually a lot, you know, because um, I, I, I know you folks have advanced this into the, the Humane Society and the mm -hmm. partnership there in the schools, obviously. Mm -hmm. Huge need and huge opportunities, really. Yes, yes. I mean, they are the front line. Yeah. You know, kids bring a gun to school, 
they like show somebody. We right? actually they, had that. We actually had a 12 year old girl show up to school with a loaded gun. You know, but things like that don't make the news. But yeah. you know, we're proud to say that because we're able to go out to the schools and let the kids know, yeah. right, that hey, this is an option that you have, right? We, you know, we understand you're scared, but this is an option. And thankfully, you know, these kids, they pay attention, they then submit the tips to us and we work at the school. Okay. But a lot of folks may not know this, you're a nonprofit. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, like PBS, Hawaii, we are a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. We survive from donations. Yes. You survive. Yes. From donations and fundraisers. I've attended a few of your fundraisers yes. over at uh, Salt Lake Golf Course, Honolulu yeah. Golf Course. But, um, you know, great, great time. Uh, but without those events, fundraisers, and donations, donors, you don't exist. Exactly that, Ron. You know, we are a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization uh, that operates in partnership with the Honolulu Police Department, but we are not part of the police department. That's oftentimes people have that mis yes. misconception. They think, oh, you're part of HPD, you're funded through the city, state, HPD, what have you. But no, we are completely separate. Although I'm a sworn officer, I oversee this program. The program in itself is nonprofit. We strictly operate off of donations and fundraisers during COVID. Well, that was some tough times, man. I mean, we, we weren't able to have our dinner. We weren't able to have our golf tournaments. Uh, thankfully, we have some longtime supporters uh, that were donating to us. Um, once again, yeah, so we want, I just want to let the public know that we're not funded through the police department, right. that we actually, we're very successful, um, but we also need the community, you know, if you're able to support us at our dinner galas, which we just had sold out last month, completely sold out. And I was a little, I was a little worried. First time in three years we were able to have it completely sold out. So next year is going to be bigger and better. Uh, we do have a golf tournament coming up in September, so please be on the lookout for that as well. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get the word out. Just let us know. Awesome, you know, thank we'll, you. We'll, we can partner with you guys that way and a uh, huge proponent and, and advocate of what the work that Crime Stoppers has thank done do, does every day and, and will do in the future, mm -hmm. uh, whoever is in charge. But right now you are in charge, my friend, and you're doing a great job. Thank you. You're doing a fabulous job. Uh, any last thoughts before we say aloha, but um, any thoughts on, on how the community can be involved? Uh, just first and foremost, once again, thank you to the community, yeah. thank you to the media, um, and I just encourage the community, please get involved. Oftentimes, uh, we task the police officers to keep us safe. But ultimately, as a community, there are things that we can do, right? We are the eyes and ears within the community, um, but also do your part too, in a sense where be vigilant, right? There are steps that you can take from, from, from protecting yourself from becoming a victim. For instance, your vehicles, right? Don't put all these valuables, your gym bag, your purses or whatever in your, your car and walk away to run an errand and your car gets you know, broken into and something is stolen. Just things like that. Uh, protect your homes, invest in security cameras, uh, invest in alarm systems. So just be vigilant. You know, let's just all do our part in helping to keep our community safe. Perfect. Thanks for answering the call, by the way. Thank you. Mahalo Nui for joining us. Join us next time, another week, another episode of What School You Went. Until then, ahui ho. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.